Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the radio ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for this series, and I have with me today Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian, and Amy Russell, a former New Ager who has some warnings for the church. We are now um, coming up to our last couple episodes of the series, and we've had a lot of discussions about yoga and meditation and mindfulness and just a large variety of topics that are coming from the new age into the church. Today, we want to specifically talk about how our children are being influenced by the new age and how these things are coming into our schools and how we can protect our kids. So welcome, Amy. It's good to see you this morning. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah, first, I wanted to just thank Bob for his kind words about my wonderful godly grandparents, Bill and Marion Kellogg. Um, I am proud and blessed to be their granddaughter. So I just (laughs) wanted to say a little note about that and to jump right into the topic of yoga in schools. Schools are subscribing to these new age teachings that are now endorsed and promoted in school classrooms with ostensibly innocuous concepts such as mindfulness training, calming classes, among others which teach kids new age meditation and yoga and parents who want to shield their kids from these teachings are vilified. New age deception is being introduced to kids in every facet of their lives with clever child-friendly titles to eliminate suspicion. Kids are being programmed to think they need only to access their superpower by looking inside themselves. And children are far more susceptible than adults to becoming indoctrinated into the perception that all their power and answers reside within them. And meditation is said to be the key to holding this space open for the possibilities. These practices condition kids into believing they don't need the teachings of the Bible. And popular movies such as Harry Potter, Marvel comic book series, Star Wars saga, desensitizes kids by effortlessly open their minds to sorcery, wizardry, witchcraft, and magic as captivating effective tools to tap into their intrinsic powers. So it removes God from the equation as we are to rely exclusively on ourselves. And Satan is targeting impressionable young people because he can more easily lure them toward deception and away from God. And the further away from God's truth they are drawn, the harder it is to reach them. So when people ask, why does it matter? It can't be that dangerous. What's the big deal? To allow unguarded kids to participate in these occult practices that hide behind an innocent veneer is to unwittingly expose them to demonic intrusion. That's what these practices are designed to do. And these unsuspecting kids are easy marks for Satan and his demons. The danger is kids open their minds to spirits and the spirits are then free to invade. The devil's only agenda is to destroy, and what better place to attack than a child's mind? In New Age meditation, we empty our mind, and in so doing, we open ourselves up for spirits to enter and get hold of our minds and then our lives, and that's the big deal. So many of these New Age classes are endorsed as elite-level classes, and they're offered only to the upper echelon students 
which gives the impression that it's a great opportunity. How could anyone pass it up? And Jessica, you experienced that as a teenager. You were considered an elite student. And the um, advanced class you attended in the 80s was teaching you new age techniques, correct? Right. I was in, uh, and this is a pretty prevalent program still today. It's parents, if your kids are in it, this is gate, gifted and talented education. And even, even back then, it was very, very new age. And we were taught um, guided imagery and meditation and um, just a whole variety of different things. And to the point where we were supposed to be able to communicate telepathically, and I was never any good at it. We kind of discussed that in one of our very early episodes here. But it's really marketed to parents as this is a great opportunity for your kids. I mean, it's really the top few kids in the class. And it's not just academic. It's also um, create. they have to have creativity. This is your musicians and your thespians and, and different things. And so it's really... Um, the type of thing where you think, wow, this is going to look great on a college application and this is so good for my kids and they're going there and they're learning new age practices. By the way, I didn't know they were doing that, Jessica, when you were in that. I didn't know that's what they were doing. Right. And I'm sure you would have pulled me out had you known. And I think, I think kids just don't come home and tell their parents all the things that went on in school, for one thing. And I think there is um, there's such a pride in that, too, that you don't want to be pulled out. And especially at the, those teenage years, those kind of junior high and high school, nobody wants to be singled out or be the weird one. So you just kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for those listeners who may not know, Bob is my dad. I just I don't think we ever discussed it at home, but that was what was going on in school. And at that time, it was just creeping in in certain areas. Now your five year old is probably doing yoga in Fayette. It's just become mainstream. Yeah. See, when I was, uh, you know, go back before that 20 some years and I was in the 60s and I was in school They had something like that, and it was called National Honor Society, but it was actually academics and, you know, getting ready for college and objective. There wasn't any spiritual component to it at all. So when we heard, well, Jessica's in Gifted and Talent, I thought it was something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's probably what parents still think today. Yeah, you don't know what's going on because everything's... uh, wacky spiritual thing it's really hard to to deal with because i can understand parents aren't sure what to do because it's frustrating because it's in the schools well that's not totally shocking but it's also in the churches right right okay so you have your kids in church and they get new age and you have them in school they get new age and it's very hard to, to deal with it other than explaining what's wrong with it and what the true gospel is all about yeah. because everybody's going to have to fight this battle no matter where they are. And it's Even also if in you're... homeschool curriculum. 
It is. And I was just going to mention, this is in your Christian schools too. And Mm -hmm. I homeschool my kids, but we've had to deal with yoga because they are a part of a homeschool FIED program that's done through a local Bible college and seminary. And the education majors teach like art and drama and FIED to homeschool kids. And the, the first time my youngest went, he was five at the time. Mm-hmm. He came up to me afterwards and he said, mommy, they were doing yoga. And fortunately, we had talked about yoga with him. And he just told the, the student teacher who was leading it that we don't do yoga. And she said, okay, you can go over there and do your own stretches. Okay. But I don't know that a lot of parents would have already had that conversation with their five-year-old or probably not a lot of five-year-olds would bring that up with a teacher. Right. So it, it's just, it's out there and our kids are targets and we need to be prepared for that. Yep. Yep. And it's hidden in the titles um, that are subscribed to these, these classes. Parents aren't really alerted to anything that sounds mystical. It's it's just given a child-friendly title. So no one's looking at it with any alarms. They just think, oh, it's just a regular kids class. You know, like they'll call yoga different child-friendly names. So they don't, so parents a lot of times don't really know what it is. But then at the same time, like parents just are like, well, what's the big deal? You know, they're they're just they're just exercising. It's not a big deal. So that's why there just needs to be, it needs to be spoken of, the, the dangers involved, especially kids. Kids so easily open their minds um, because yoga and, and meditation go hand in hand and kids easily open their minds and anything can enter. And then as a child, they get lured down this dark path. And by the time parents realize, you know, sometimes it's just too late. They're already, they're already hooked in wow. that deception. You know, so parents just need to be aware, but um, that's impressive that your that your son knew enough at such a young age to point it out and say, this is yoga. We, we don't do that. But yeah, like a lot, like you said, a lot of kids just don't know that they, they wouldn't know what to look for. Well, a lot of Christians don't know what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're not going to be alarmed. So. Frankly, the more I hear about what's out there and see what's out there, mm-hmm. there's no substitute for the pure, unadulterated yeah. teaching of the Word of God. Yeah. It has to be done in the churches, and people need to hear the truth and be so grounded in it, because that's where discernment comes from. Discernment, discernment is objective. It's not some little buzzer that goes off. Because frankly, people get into just about anything and no buzzer goes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, The problems show up later in many t- cases. For many people, like you're saying, Amy, it seems good and nice at the beginning. But eventually it, it turns out to be something really bad. So discernment is objective and it's based on objective teaching of the right. Bible. And the discerning of spirits isn't a feeling that something might be bad or not bad, although you may have such things, but it's the ability to judge the spiritual source of a teaching. Mm-hmm. 
And our kids are not equipped to do discernment. It has to be our responsibility to shelter and protect them, which is interesting. That's the one thing people always ask homeschoolers. Well, aren't you sheltering your kids? Um, Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) Aren't you indoctrinating your kids? Yes, (laughs) I am. Yes. Yes, I am. I am. Right. Um, And there's no guarantee whatever you do. Kids will grow up and make their own decision to do what they do, but at least they need to know what the truth is. So if they ever decide to come back and serve God, they'll know what to come back to. That's true. And that was true of me. And that was true of Amy. We we both grew up in the church and had wonderful godly parents who taught us the truth. And we both went astray and God brought us both back. And so we can be sheltering our kids and we can be teaching our kids and they may go off their own way, but we don't know what God's going to do. And, and we don't know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And in any case, whatever ends up happening with them, we will have done our part in the eyes of God. We will have been faithful parents Mm-hmm. And that's all we can do. Do what God asks of us and teach our kids diligently and trust him for the rest. I totally yeah, agree, Jessica. You know, um, that's true in about every realm of Christian mm-hmm. endeavor. Frankly, whether it's in marriages or in uh, leadership in churches or businesses or families, whatever we do, there is always there are problems. We live in a fallen world and people are going to go astray. People are going to hate us. People are going to be disgusted with us. We're going to see unpleasant outcomes many times. And if we allow the reaction of people around us to determine what we decide works or doesn't work, we'll never do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is a pastor and they're preaching the word of God, and some people still get mad at them or still get disgusted and leave the church mm-hmm. or just go over to some secret church because they have more programs. I mean, these sort of things happen. And so what we need is a baseline. What did God say? If what would look like, what would faithfulness to God look like if I were going to be faithful to God? And may I be And I see pure teaching of the word of God and teaching the truth and being committed to the truth and living the truth. And if somebody down the street says, well, we've got 5,000 members because we understand the culture and we have things arranged better and we have better music and we know what we're doing. Well, that's fine. That's that's their business. But it's my job to make sure they get the pure teaching of the Word of God. It's the same thing with raising children. We need to make sure we tell them the truth and teach them the truth. The outcomes are going to vary no matter what you do. There's always going to be various outcomes because we live in a fallen world. But in the end, Jesus determines it. And we want to know if he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant or not. Yeah. And that's it right there. We need to be the good and faithful servant and trust him for the outcome. Mm-hmm. Amen. So yeah. you mentioned Harry Potter and Marvel right. comics and that kind of thing. What right. would you say to a parent who just says, well, that's just fun. It's just a neat story about a, a boy at Hogwarts. Yeah, you're opening your kids up 
to essentially being desensitized that these the idea of sorcery and magic and wizardry and witchcraft is just fun and it's a way to tap into your power and it's a way to turn inward because all of our power is within and you hear a lot um in among kids what's your superpower what's your superpower like every kid every every kid has this superpower that inhabits them and they just need to go inside and allow it to surface allow it to come through and um with new age meditation is the technique to access everything so that is the the altered state realm is what these kids are taught to go into as they try and access these powers and so these movies and these shows whatever they may be because this type of new age teaching is all over the place for kids it is all about desensitizing them to thinking that these witchcraft sorcery wizardry pra practices are just normal they're just the norm they're okay and you're opening them them up to the demonic realm to the realm of familiar spirits and it's a deceiving realm it's it's not a realm that has any good result in the end for these kids you're they're they're being lured into deception and on the path that is only going to lead to destruction and so of course satan's not going to make something look repulsive initially he wants to lure them into the idea that this is fun and you can find your power and your strength you can access all that is inside of you and you don't need the bible and you don't need biblical doc doctrine so it gives kids this idea that everything is within and they don't need anyone else i'm just going to live my life and i'm just going to take god out of the equation and it it when you take god out of out of every aspect of a kid's life there's a void and they're eventually going to try and fill it and it it's just it creates it creates these this i this like dismantling of their lives eventually and they aren't going to find all of their powers inside of them inside of them they're they're going to start looking elsewhere and usually if they don't have any biblical sound doctrine that's been instilled in them it, they're going to go down a dark path wow yeah you know uh, objective reality is our friend mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's evil in the world but we're equipped to function in objective reality yep. using our physical senses and our rational minds. That's how God made us. The world of the spirits is the world of deception. It is. Now, in God's providence, he's in charge of all things. But we need to stay in the world he put us in and not try to escape it into an altered state of reality or an altered state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I just want to emphasize because we have been talking about these different types of methods and and then when you give them when you put them in in kids minds it's like kids will run off thinking that this is just amazing this is just the answer to all of all that I've been searching for. I was a young adult and that's what happened to me as a young adult and I had all of the um biblical background and I still fell for it. I still fell for Satan's lies. 
in regards to kids getting pulled into this type of altered state reality, um, I, I want to emphasize that when you invoke the spirits, you don't get to pick and choose which ones come through. Um, anyone who's ever played with, say, in a Ouija board, because Bob mentioned that in a previous session, would know that you're, you're opening a portal into, the, into another realm, and it is the realm of familiar spirits. So you're calling out to them, and more, they're more than willing to accommodate your request. So that's the notion that it's the notion that we're just accessing a parallel realm, a parallel dimension where only good spirits such as angels and guides reside. And that's what I was taught in these classes that I took. I was taught that, oh, it's just a, a parallel enchanted forest realm as if, as if there's like this middle realm and there's no, there's no real heaven or hell, but you're just accessing some realm that's right next to you and only good spirits reside. Like that's how, that's what I was taught. So there is no middle earth enchanted dimension. It's, it's the realm of deceitful spirits, of familiar spirits. And Satan disguises himself as an angel of light to mislead us into thinking that these games are innocent fun and opening our mind to these good spirits is to our benefit, but Satan is the father of lies. And as we've been stating, God keeps this realm veiled for a reason, for our protection. And we are not to cross over, we're not to access it. And there's no quantifiable data and it's unknown for a reason. So when you tap into that, what's gonna come through is familiar spirits every time. And you're not gonna tap into your power. You're not gonna tap into perfection. You're, you're messing around with a realm that God, that God commands that we leave alone for a reason. And it's always for our protection. It's not because he doesn't want us to have fun. It's for our protection. These things are marketed as games for yep. children. Innocent fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, those spirits can provide a pleasant experience if they decide they want to mm -hmm. in order to further the deception, right? Right. No, that's what they do. Of course, initially they provide these amazing experiences. And the same thing in the church. Everyone's chasing these heightened experiences through mysticism. That's why mysticism is creeping into the church because we've been so conditioned to think that the experience is what it's all about. It's not about sound doctrine. It's about my feelings and how can I evoke the best feelings? And they're using these mystical modalities to assist them in feeling closer to God. But our emotions are subjective and fallible. And we are not to look within ourselves to find God's truth. We are to look to the Bible, which is God's source for truth. It's not inside of us. It's in the Bible. And the reason that these churches that teach these mystical experiences tend to have more followers is because everyone's just chasing that feeling. They want that heightened feeling. And then it becomes this addiction. That was my experience. It became this addiction for the experience of it. And that is all fleeting. It, you can't hang on to that. And, but you can hang on to sound biblical truth. Right. Uh, our feelings aren't divine inspired inerrant. <laughs> they come and go and yeah. mm -hmm. we have to just cling to God's word and the truths therein. We can't make decisions or determine if something is good and bad, good or bad based on how we feel about it. Right. 
You know, as you were saying that, Amy, I thought about the Gospel of John, particularly the prologue, John 1, 1 through 118. The claim of the Apostle John was that Jesus came into the world. In other words, the eternal logos, he's called, the, the word, created the universe and is transcendent to the universe. And he, in the incarnation, came from outside, outside. of the creation into our world. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the way we know the truth is through what was revealed through Jesus and his apostles. And Jesus said to his own apostles, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Okay, so he's the one coming into the world who brings light. Okay, and right. so they're looking for enlightenment, enlightenment. But in John one it says, "He coming who's coming into the world enlightens every man," meaning bringing the truth. He mm -hmm. says, "I am the light of the world." Okay, if you come to Jesus, you exit the darkness, and you come into the light. Yeah. But they're saying, Amy, as you describe it, that there's this parallel alternate universe and it's really not transcendent. It's just there and it's secret. We don't know it. And we use techniques to get into that realm mm -hmm. of the spirits. But Jesus is transcended over every being, spiritual or otherwise, and he will ultimately be the judge. So we need to come to Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's this perception that positivity is the key to happiness and it's not out there. It's inside of us. And um, yeah, like the Bible says, once again, a redefining of terms, God created us in his image. So according to new age translation, God created us as divine beings endowed with supernatural power. You know, and as Bob was just mentioning, the Bible does not say we are awakened from within. It sp speaks of the disciples who were filled from outside themselves. And so it's an absolute redefining of terms, which the New Age always does. Um, the New Age teaching of oneness. We are an extension of God. So we are eternal energy. Energy cannot die. Um, so therefore, death is alleged to be a transforming of our souls. We are to as we move toward Christ's consciousness. So our essence is then one with the creator. Again, a redefining of these verses in the Bible that they can twist the truth. And it, it sounds really great, but it's a lie. It's, it's just a little lie. 11, a little leaven leavens the whole yeah. loaf. See, all the false teachers use something from the Bible right. because it's the number one best-selling religious book of all yeah. time. Yeah. And, it sounds good, the Bible, how could that be bad? So they twist what it says, just like mm -hmm. Satan did when he was tempting Jesus, and they try to find legitimacy by distorting what the Bible actually says mm -hmm. and ignoring the, the entire whole counsel of God that would give us a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. One thing I feel like I see quite a bit lately, especially as it comes to our kids is they're always telling to go shine their light. But the assumption under that is that they have a light within them to go shine. 
and then they'll go back to the to the the Bible passage about not hiding your light under a bush or you know the, the little song this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine the light in that passage and the light in the song is the light of the gospel it's the light of Christ it's something yeah. external right and so we see there's some different clever children's books about um, different things I don't actually want to mention the one by title but it the then a friend of mine actually wrote it and it's total new age thought where there's this light within them and they're supposed to go around and sprinkle their light everywhere. Or you hear the condolences, I'm sending light and love and energy your way. Yeah. And the, it, it, this new age thought has just become such a big part of our culture that people don't even see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very clear. The Gospel of John, I don't know if I find some of these verses quickly enough here because we're running out of time, but Jesus said that those who don't come to him abide in darkness. Yeah. And yeah. that he, that when those who do come to him are the ones who come into the light. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to looking everything up in my computer Bible. Using a real one just takes more time. <laughs> it does. Not that it isn't the real Bible. <laughs> All right, I have it. Good girl. John 3, starting at verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, yet lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth and comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So the light is those who are in Christ and are doing the will of God. All the rest are in darkness right. and they love the darkness. Right. So yeah. this angel of light is actually Satan. Yeah. Right. It's so true. Yeah. And in the, the, in the new age premise, the ecumenicalism belief that we will create one world unity through love and acceptance all except christians because christians are divisive separatists so we are we Mm -hmm. transcend into our divinity and we will create world peace and coexistence except the christians right that's always the problem is these that's always the problem because yeah they they're the separatists yeah Uh well we need to flee from the darkness to the light and our next episode our our final closing episode with with amy here is going to be how she went from darkness to light and i'm really looking forward to discussing that with you so we are out of time for this episode for critical issues commentary this has been jessica kramis bob doy and amy russell and we'll see you next week